This is Tech Talk with your host, Tom Dioria. Tom will spend the next hour making your life with technology a little easier with explanations of the different aspects of today's technology and how it can benefit your home, small office, or enterprise. Now here's your host, Tom Dioria. Welcome to IMI's Tech Talk. It's the third Sunday of September, September 18, 2016. Next week, we're going to be three months away from December 25th. How interesting is that? What a quick year. Uh, we're on at 6 p.m. in the New York listening area. It's daylight savings time. That's going to change soon. And 3 p.m. in Arizona, and that's not going to change because they don't believe in daylight savings time. We're live from our New York offices, and we're going to be discussing the iPhone 7 with our guest, Josh Davis. I'm Tom Diori. I'm the CEO of Information Methods Incorporated, and together with our weekly guest, the show will help our listeners, whether a business or home technology user, make better use of all aspects of technology. Just in case you're a first-time listener, in our first segment, Tech Talk provides you with a review of last week's most significant events in technology. We start with our increased coverage of New York's technology scene, and we follow this with our industry-wide report, which could contain information on conferences, announcements by vendors, new releases of software or equipment, or new contract opportunities. One of our guests followed us from many aspects of business and industry, and if you wish us to consider a topic for a future show, you can email your suggestions to Tech Talk at imi-us.com. That's T-E-C-H-T-A-L-K at imi-us.com. We'll get back to you pretty quickly. Anytime after our show introduction, please give us a call or send us an email message with questions on today's topic or anything else we might be able to help you with. You can call 277-KFNX. That's 277-5369. And if you're outside the 602 listening area, call us toll-free at 1-866-536. 1100. You can send us email questions at that email address I just gave you, techtalk at imi-us.com. If we don't get your question on today's show, we'll definitely send you a response and try and get it on next week. And we're also being simulcast on the web. So if you can't get to your radio but you want to listen to us live, you can go to KFNX's website, which is 1100kfnx.com. And this show and all our previous shows are archived on our website, which is imi us.com. In the upper right-hand corner is the Tech Talk button. Click on that. All the shows are archived. You can download them, send them to your friends, listen to them as many times as you want. It's free, so please take advantage of that. And please call in any time during the show, and we'll try and get you on. First segment of our weekend review is to increase coverage of technology events in New York City and around the world. It's compiled by Dan Dioria, Jose Batista, and David Brandon. Cranes tells us, that a company that provides support to Dutch startups will open its first U.S. location in the Brooklyn Navy Yard, part of the effort by New York City to create jobs and attract global technology tenants. B Amsterdam, that's the letter B, is taking about 100,000 square foot at the property. B Amsterdam provides real estate and business services such as tax planning, tax planning, and human resources for about 300 early and growth stage firms, according to the statement. The arrival of B. Amsterdam, slated to create about 500 jobs, will connect the Brooklyn and greater New York business communities with dynamic product design and tech companies across Europe. The U.S. Navy Yard, a one-time shipbuilding site for the Navy that dates to 1801, closed in 1966 and later became a city-owned industrial park. The property, which employed 70,000 people during its World War, I, World War II peak, currently houses about 7,000 workers. The number of the yard projects will more than double in the next five years. B. Amsterdam will focus on product design and hardware 
and technology companies at the Navy Yard with about 15% of the space dedicated to manufacturing, according to their statement. The lease is the outgrowth of a partnership between Alicia Glenn, New York's Deputy Mayor for Housing and Economic Development, and Amsterdam Deputy Mayor Kaja Olegren. Uh, it's been in development for a while. CNS, CNS tells us that states' nuclear power plants are grappling with a significant operating losses, but allowing them to be shut down would paradoxically significantly increase electric bills because new energy sources to replace them would be considerably more expensive. A thicket of mandates and regulations have created this economically irrational situation by forcing politically favored, heavily subsidized technologies onto an electric grid where demand is flat. Impending nuclear closures around the country should serve as a wake-up call for federal and state policymakers to fix broken energy policies and force us to replace lower costs with higher cost energy sources. But instead, the state of New York is doing precisely the opposite, layering another complex and costly tax and regulate scheme on top of the existing thicket to directly subsidize nuclear plants. Yes, the nuclear plants are clean energy. The point here is that the Como plan is designed to force even more of the market distorting heavily subsidized renewables that are undermining the economics of existing nuclear plants onto the grid. While simultaneously propping up nuclear with massive direct cash infusions, in all the plan ratchets up the mandate for wind, solar, hydro, and nuclear to a combined 50% of the state's electricity by 2030. And just remember, New York State has the highest electrical costs in the country. So that's only going to help us all out here. AP tells us that New York State regulators have proposed new cybersecurity requirements for banks and insurers intending to protect them and consumers. The Department of Financial Services proposal, subject to public comment, would require financial institutions to adopt written policies and designate individual security officers responsible for implementing and enforcing them next year. The regulations are intended to ensure security of computer systems and non-public information, including data accessible or held by third parties. The department surveyed more than 150 banks and 43 insurers and began conducting risk assessments of financial institutions last year, concluding robust regulation is needed. <laughs> more regulation. Key areas including access controls, customer privacy, data governance, incident responses, and disaster recovery planning. Managing third-party providers would require multi-factor identity identification, data encryption, loss indemnification warranties, incident notices, and audits. Now, I know that anybody dealing with uh, banks, say, in the mortgage business, uh, where my sister works, are under very high regulations, very high audit capabilities. The documentation to safeguard uh, their clients is extensive, and all the banks that they would do business with come in with different audit requirements. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what more regulation is necessary, but I'm sure we'll see that in the near future. Okay, The Verge tells us that Twitter is doubling down on live streaming content, this time focusing on business news. The social company has just partnered with new startup Cheddar to stream live content online and about tech and finance. The programs will be aimed at a millennial audience and is surely meant to extend Twitter's value beyond the timeline. 
As part of the new partnership, Cheddar, which produces video content about businesses, will broadcast two shows for digital audiences. The first, Opening Bell, will are live from Cheddar.com from 9 a.m. to 10.30 Eastern Time, and will offer breaking news, interviews, and profiles of business leaders. The second, Closing Bell, will air exclusively on Twitter and will feature end-of-the-day market analysis and in-depth reports. So that's pretty interesting. Okay, let's see. Um, we have an article here that's a prelude to the show here. It's in the Wall Street Journal, September 14th, so you can go and look at this in more detail. It's about uh, underwater, how the iPhone 7 and Apple Watch Series 2 behave when wet. And this, uh, the author, uh, Joanna Stern, um, went swimming with uh, the phone for two hours and uh, tells you that you better let it dry out and uh, you're really not supposed to do, do that, which is according to the, uh, but it's a pretty interesting uh, article. The watch is also, the new watch is also you know, waterproof, so that may be interesting to you. And our friend Gabe Goldberg, uh, frequent guest on the show, sent me this article that says IT History Society would like, um, was formed in 2007 and wants you to know about its success of the Charles Babbage Foundation. And over the past few months, they've built and put in place new and updated website, ithistory.org, and the new website embodies the many benefits to our members, and they hope uh, you'll use it. Uh, involving an unfinished database are seeing more additions and usage in all fields, including IT companies, IT hardware, software, and quotes. So you may want to check that out. And finally, Samsung has begun warning Galaxy 7 Note users. This is good for our next guest and the iPhone 7. Uh, for a couple of weeks to exchange their potentially explosive devices, but so far only a small percentage has responded. Tim Baxter, President and Chief Operating Officer of the Samsung Electronics America, said its video that only 130,000 people in the U.S. have exchanged their Note 7 units for other devices. That's out of 1 million phones. You better do that before your phone blows up, blows up your car. Uh, they're telling you on planes not to turn them on. Uh, so I'd be very concerned if I were you, and don't charge them. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to get to our guest, Josh Davis, tell you a little bit more uh, about the iPhone 7, why you may want one. I'm Tom DiOrio. This is IMI's Tech Talk. We're on KFNX AM 1100. Please stay tuned. Uh, we're going to be right back with Josh Davis after these messages. Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. It's Sunday, September 18, 2016, and as I mentioned to you before the break, uh, the iPhone 7 went on uh, sale, although people have been signing up in advance uh, last week, and uh, Josh Davis is going to uh, give us a review and tell us all about it. Uh, Josh, also known as the technologist, joined the ABT team of experts in 2004 as a representative in the small electronics department. Working for the company runs in the family for Josh, as his father is a former employee, while his uncle and cousin currently work there. 
A year after being hired, Josh spearheaded the Apple Boutique opening and now serves as manager. He has appeared on numerous television shows, including ABC, NBC, Fox, and WGN, and has been quoted in many publications, including USA Today, Reuters, the LA Times, and the Daily Herald, and has been on Tech Talk with us uh, before. Josh, thanks uh, for taking the time to be with us. Uh, This is really a timely topic, so we appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks for having us again. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about uh, yourself for the listeners that haven't heard you the last time we were on the show and what you're doing and uh, what ABT is all about. I work over at Apt Electronics, or you can visit apt.com, abt.com. We have a huge store you know, outside the Chicagoland area here, and um, one of the neatest showrooms if you're local and you've been to our store. It's just fun to check us out. We have a really interesting layout. We've got this giant new water fountain that does shows every half hour on the weekends, and it's just a cool experience, and we have some really neat displays on how you can see electronics, appliances. We have stores like our Apple Boutique. We have a dedicated furniture department, custom kitchens to go look at and great, give you great ideas for your design efforts. Really, just a lot of options when you come into the store. Or app.com kind of serves the nation, and uh, we've been doing real good with getting some great reviews from our customers and being top charts in consumer reports year after year. It's just a great place to shop online. So we try to cover the gamut and take care of people with good prices and more importantly for us, is just good service along the way. So that's kind of what we do here at APT. And my role would be more of electronic sales and working with um, our atrium stores we have here by that big water fountain. That's where we have our little Apple boutique. And a lot of people coming in, they're looking for where they can get their hands on the new iPhone and where's the new Series 2 Apple Watch. And everyone wants to see all the new stuff. So we have our fingers crossed that there will be more availability of product because that's always the hardest part for us. And any anyone in the world of Apple resale or sales direct is, you know, these great announcements come out and we're very excited, but typically they're not followed by just tons and tons of product. We do kind of have to sit tight and it's kind of a slow release based on how much they have created. I just heard a story about it where so many people signed up in advance that uh, it's going to take a while for people to to get the product. Where in uh, Chicago are you for our Chicago listeners? Well, we're over in Glenview. We're at 1200 North Milwaukee Avenue in Glenview, Illinois, just about 40 minutes northwest of Chicago. So drive out to Apt. If you're local, you must have seen our trucks drive around. We're, we've got tons of trucks out there doing over 11, about 1,100 stops a day, and we just have a big local delivery area. So you've seen the ABT Apt trucks out there, and swing on by the store to check us out. You'd have a good time. Bring the family. Come on the weekends. We've got chocolate chip cookies. We serve up 5,000 a weekend, and it's, it's a fun place to hang out. So, cool fish tank, too. you got to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a, a fun place whether you buy anything or, no, or not. Okay, so what's the top item on your list for the new iPhone? Is it storage? Is it the camera? Is it in- speed increase? What do you pick as the, as the hot, hottest thing? Well, I mean, there's always – like, I, I would quickly jump to say camera. Uh, the, the reason why I've ordered a new iPhone 7 Plus is for its camera capabilities. 
And there's some pretty neat things that can happen when you drop down your f-stop to 1.8, which is new, so that's going to help us in low light. And uh, the dual camera scenario is going to allow us to do some really cool uh, options with um, kind of having different focal points. So I'm excited on a photography level, but really, you know, you, you kind of have to you know, give a kudos to the brains behind it all. And as boring as it sounds, you know, doubling up our processing power, 50% more graphic capability, you know, that's what drives it all. So as silly and boring as it might sound, I think the big deal is, is this giant increase in power on the inside and efficiency. It just, it just bleeds across the whole thing with more battery life, more power, and it allows us to do things like, this new camera system they have in the 7 Plus. And even people that have an iPhone 7 are going to have an upgraded camera versus a 6. So anyone that has a 6S, a 6, or anything older, and they're you know wondering, well, when they upgrade, you know why should they move into that iPhone 7? And for them, functionally, one of the big things is the camera. You know, the ability to just have way better photos, especially low-light photos. And if you move to the iPhone 7 Plus, which I'm rubbing my hands together, I cannot wait because I use my phone as my camera primarily all the time. It's, it's rare that I pick up my DSLR and go out there. It's just large and cumbersome. Phone slides in my pocket. Even a 6, I have a 6S Plus right now, and my concern was, oh, it's too big. And it, it's not. It's really it's not big at all. So I'm excited primarily for the camera. Waterproof is a cool feature. I, I will look forward to not freaking out if I were to have dropped my phone into a puddle of water or snow. I would have a blast for us in the Chicago area. We're going to lose our, our beach time and have to wait until next year. But, you know, when I'm hitting a pool or going down a water slide, how cool would that be to just take your phone down it and record the videos and stuff like that, which people are doing nowadays with waterproof cameras. And people already have some phones out there. The Apple's not the first to have a waterproof phone. So it's a cool feature, though, for those of us that are just married to the iOS ecosystem where we would never think about moving into an Android. So we're kind of spoon-fed what Apple lets us have, and we're very pleased to see these updates. So big one's camera. Okay, so let's get into that in a little bit more, because for those of us that, that use our iPhone 6, my son has a 6S because he likes the bigger one I get. Pictures on there are, are pretty good. Uh, I know my friends with Android, their pictures are better. Um, is this going to give us that quality, and why the t why are the two lenses? So yeah, for in general, upgrading megapixels, the uh, optical sensor jumping up for the ability to have an actual optical two x zoom. That's going to be cool. So we'll be able to zoom and not lose quality. Or you can jump up to ten x if you wanted to. But now you're going to be pushing the the system to you know kind of enhance it. So optical zoom is a big deal. Having um, the two cameras, you know, one's a wide angle camera that you'll see in the seven, and the other one's a telephoto camera that could get even closer. And they can kind of work in tandem. They could do a lot of things that a phone, a lot of the other phones out there just can't handle. And it also has to do with the 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 processing going on behind the scenes, again, thanks to doubling up our processor and 50% boost in graphics. So, I mean, functionally, also dropping down the f-stop to 1.8, that aperture, it's going to be a huge impact in low light, especially when we have, like, video we're shooting, iPhone users that start shooting video indoors with, like, high frames per second, always kind of complain that lighting, it just drops to a dark look. 
So it's going to have a big impact across the board for all of us that use our phones. Even if you get the iPhone 7 that does not have the dual camera, you know, the iPhone 7 will have the um, wide-angle camera still and the lower 1.8 and the upgraded pro- uh, processing and the 12 megapixels. So there's still a lot to be gained for your camera capabilities, even just getting an iPhone 7. I didn't realize there was there was an option there. Uh, let's pick up on that. i got to take a break. This is Tom DiOrio on IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. It's the 18th of September, 2016. We're talking to Josh, Josh Davis about the new iPhone. Uh, please stay tuned. This is a half-hour break. We're going to bring in the national news. So it's a little longer, but come on back and listen to what Josh has to tell us. Please stay tuned. Welcome back to IMI Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. I'm Tom Diori. It's the 18th of September 2016. And we're talking to Josh Davis about the iPhone 7. Josh just mentioned something before the break that I didn't realize. Tell me about the different models again. I know there's a small one and a big one. I didn't realize there's a one lens and a two lens. The new iPhone 7 was announced, and it's actually in people's hands right now. And uh, there's two different sizes, just like the 6. The regular 6 versus the 6 Plus was the big one. And that's going from 4.7 to 5.5 inch. And the iPhone 7s have the same size options, but this time there's a pretty big difference between the two. Uh, Before we had a difference where when you upgraded to the 6S Plus, the big one, your photography bonus was the optical image stabilization which is fantastic. I have it on my 6S Plus now. I noticed the difference moving from a 6S to a 6S Plus because of that. Now, when we look at the 7, they're going to give us that optical image stabilization bonus right there on the new iPhone 7. I don't need to upgrade to the big one for that bonus. And that, again, helps to kind of make it quicker to take a picture and that's in focus. And video looks so smooth when you have an optical image stabilizer. And I think it also kind of releases a little bit of the burden of, of pushing processing to help along these you know, digital stabilization processes. So you get that in the 7. And now they have the 12-megapixel camera. And then the camera itself on the 7, now that's going to be the wide-angle camera. And that's kind of what we're typical, we're kind of used to. Now, when I go to the 7 Plus, now I have two cameras. I actually have that same wide-angle camera, uh, same as the iPhone 7. And then it adds on a telephoto camera that allows me to get even closer. Both of these uh, both of these phones also reduced my aperture to 1.8, which is going to have a huge impact on how much light can get through these lenses. So that means low-light scenarios are going to be better. Indoor shooting, indoor video shooting, I think I just recently stressed how much nicer it will be to shoot video with these amazing capturing devices indoors with low light. It will be better than a 6S or a 6 so the big difference, though, would be is when you go to that 6S Plus, I'm sorry, the 7 Plus, now you're adding this second camera. They can work together. There's different ways that they can kind of utilize software to, to give you an example. You ever see a picture where, like, let's say I have a picture of a person, but behind them it's all blurry and cool looking, but they are crystal clear in focus. Things like that are going to be achieved with just an iPhone in your hand. That's pretty impressive. 
Now, you mentioned speed increase. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I read in the uh, promos that Apple says it's the most powerful chip ever in a smartphone. It has a lot to do with their new processor. The A9 is replaced by the A10, and the A10 going from a dual core to a quad core. So this is a four-core processor inside of the iPhone. And if you look across the Snapdragons and other guys out there in the market, you know, there's four-core out there. There's probably even eight-core out there for smartphone devices. But Apple's Fusion chip, the A10, it has basically two different high-efficiency cores, two high-performance cores. So there's four total cores, and they are claiming it's really just the most powerful. But to say it's twice as fast twice as fast as an iPhone 6S. I mean, that's a big deal. And you'll notice it when you zip around apps, when you're opening and closing things, when you start doing big things like you're video editing in iMovie or you're using some of these cool creation software programs to, you know, do more than just consume information and read stuff. You're using your device as more of like a computer. That's where you're going to see these big impacts. And the other thing about it is just efficiency. Everyone that has the iPhone 7 should be expecting to get at least a couple more hours than what they have. So it is a big impact. That's from the uh, new battery? Yeah, if we were to make a comparison, let's see. An iPhone 7, you should expect about two more hours compared to an iPhone 6S. And if I'm comparing the big iPhone 7 uh, Plus, the larger one, that one still, even though it's got more power, more graphics, you know, it has all these dual camera and all these additional things going on where you're going to scratch your head and say, well, but the battery's not that great. Well, it's an hour better than the iPhone 6S Plus. So there's an efficiency factor here that I think we could probably thank the processing power of that A10. And I think it has a lot to do with, you know, just when these pro- any processor as the manufacturers upgrade. Usually we see in conjunction with performance boosts, typically we'll also see energy consumption decreases. So they become just, you know, more lean and machine, lean machines. We're not going to have the same problem that an unknown vendor has with these new batteries catching fire, are we? <laughs> well, I have mine on pre-order, and when I get it, I hope that's not the case. As there's so many out there are ordering it, I've heard this is one of the biggest, craziest pre-order frenzies out there. I really hope that they've covered their bases, and Apple's pretty good about putting on the market a good product. And I think they really ironed out a lot of their kinks in the past. And when they say that this is the best iPhone they've ever made, I really think it is. I think it's very impressive. And watching some of their manufacturing videos, it's just you want to go to the factory and just watch them polish that you know, that, that exterior. It's pretty cool, the processes that it goes through to be what, what it is. I'm also looking forward to its durability. It's supposed to have a, a big difference in how durable it is. So besides being completely waterproof, just the way it shouldn't be scratching up on you, the home button, too, they've added that that taptic engine to it. So that's always fun. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but like their laptop they released it in, you would press on the trackpad. You know how normally you feel like your computer clicking down when you're selecting things? The taptic just feels like it's pressing down, but it's like a vibration under your finger. They're bringing that to the home button. That'll be pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Let's discuss one of the controversial parts of this, the headphone jack. Uh, What's your feeling about that? And also, I understand that it plays in stereo, so maybe we could talk about both of those. The new speakers are amazing to have this dual speaker that allows it to really give you great sound because a lot of us will be playing content directly from our phones. 
And, you know, the speakers are, have never been that great. They're audible, but they just don't sound that amazing. So I think they learned a lot from uh, their, uh, their advanced speakers they've integrated into their iPads. And it's really cool to see them bring it to their phones. And if you watch one of the videos, they're talking about how um, for headphone jacks, the concern with becoming waterproof was tricky because the headphone jacks need space. Uh, it just it's or the speakers need space in order for um you know the the audio to to come out and sound okay. That's just the nature of uh, that technology. So the way that it works is if I were to submerge my phone and then I take it out, whenever I I mean the means of flushing water out of my speaker is is a function of the speaker. The speaker's responsible for kind of blowing out water from those areas. <laughs> that was kind of interesting. Um, but your main question would be. Uh, the speakers, and then um, what was your other question about the new uh, setup there? That, well, you know, no wires for the headphone jack. Oh, that, that, another... that was a controversial, where's my headphone yeah. jack? <laughs> uh, I have no problem with it. I don't think it's an issue. I don't even think it should be anything that's surprising anyone. In Apple, this is what they do. I mean, uh, who is the first company to just flood the market with a full entire line of computers that don't take CDs anymore? And people would walk in and say, well, I can't put a CD in this. You know, when you bring it up, hey, did you know that there's no more CD drives or DVD drives? And people would at first be like, oh, no, we need that. And then you ask them, well, when was the last time you popped in a DVD movie or you burned yourself a CD? And then they kind of stand there and think about it and say, well, you know what? I don't really remember the last time I've done it. Now, for headphones, that's not the case because a lot of us plug in headphones. And to be forced to move into a Bluetooth wireless scenario, I'm sure that some people are not happy about that. Uh, they provide an adapter, so there's an adapter available if you got to do it. Um, the convenience of wireless headphones is a booming market. Prices are dropping considerably. Quality is fantastic. We could take phone calls. We could listen to music. Uh, they're very convenient in places like here in the Chicago area and many places across the U.S. We can't, you know, we need to have uh, some kind of headset if we plan on talking on the phone. We can't pick up our phones anymore. So, I mean, I think it's inevitable, and I think if it allowed Apple to create a product where by not having that headphone jack, that allowed for them to, you know, redesign a little bit the insides. I think it's no big deal. I think it's good, if anything, to help push along the industry and, you know, bring to the market better quality, better fitting wireless headphones. I'm, I'm very interested in their AirPods. I have not tried them. Uh, I would fear that if I wanted to go for a run with them, they would not be the best. But who knows, without that cable tethering them, there's just two little earbuds, one for each ear, and they're not connected, which is pretty cool because everything out there, like their new line of Beats, they have the new Beats X, um, you know, nice set of earphones from, from Beats that'll have like a piece that goes around your neck. And then from each side, it just has a, a wire going up to each ear. And that's traditional of these wireless headsets. So the AirPods from Apple look really cool. It'll be neat to be able to try those out. But I just don't know how well they'll fit. In the end, I wouldn't be too concerned that we've lost a, a headphone jack. I don't think it's really a big shocker. That's kind of the, the direction we're headed anyway. We're going to take a break. i got a couple more questions about uh, the new uh, earplugs or whatever they're calling them. This is Tom DiOrio on IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. It's the 18th of September 2016. We're talking to Josh Davis about the iPhone 7. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. 
Welcome back to IMI Tech Talk. I'm Kevin XAM 1100, the 18th of September 2016. Thanks for being with us. We're doing an iPhone 7 review. I'm sure most of you, many of you, some of you are in line for it. Hope you get it soon. Our guest is Josh Davis from ABT. Josh, at the beginning of the show, you told our listeners about ABT. Give them the website again in case they want to follow up. Yeah, it's apt.com. That's spelled A-B-T.com. And our website kind of gives you a, a good offering of what products we offer, could break down service offerings, finance options, and all sorts of content you could find. Even like buying guides, our app YouTube channel is amazing with unboxings and great tutorials on how to use products. And you'll see those video links as you search for a certain product. Like if you go pull up the iPhone 7, well, we probably don't have the video up yet, but there will be like a little link at the bottom that tells you, you know, to check it out. And it's one of our guys here at Apt in Glenview, Illinois, telling you all about a product. So a lot of good content on Apt.com, and you'll see the little free shipping logos across the way so that you know that it's free shipping to your area. So check out Apt.com, definitely. Great. Back to the AirPods for a second. They're not included, correct? You've got to get them separately? Yeah, that was my impression. I don't believe that they're included. In fact, uh, I think they're about $160 sold separately. What happens is because they're not connected with a wire and they're two little things, I start losing them. Are you worried about that? Well, I think there's like a cool case they come with. But again, I haven't got my hands on them yet. But I think they have a little storage case that they go inside. And that's something so that you could bring with you. will lose that after the first week, I'm sure. Followed by well, the left one and then the right one. I know I'm going to lose It's a concern them. I've heard, yeah. Okay, let's switch gears. Uh, tell me about iOS 10. Can we download it, and uh, is it a serious upgrade? Yeah, a couple days ago, I believe it was the 13th, it became fully available for us to download. And a lot of people, I think, are hesitant nowadays to, to jump into large-scale upgrades because of the fear that things can go wrong. And likewise, it's happened. There's a, a history of scenarios popping up. But, um, you know, I just because I'm kind of a nerd about this stuff, I jumped right into it. And, um, you know, I have really not seen – there was only a couple times when I was doing something and, like, an app quit on me. And I'm like, oh, no, do I have a glitch thing happening? But it's been so solid that only these little tiny bumps may, may have just been a little glitch. So, so far, I mean, it's a huge update. Uh, iOS 10 is uh, going to be available for – pretty much almost all your devices out there. And that's the, one of the coolest things about, about Apple in general is that you're going to see iOS 10 just flood the market of iPhone owners. And with so many devices supported, you're going to see that everyone's on the same – This like they were at their, um, their uh, big keynote event. That was one of the things they shouted out is that this is going to be the, the world's most popular operating system. And they're totally right because when you look at Android, and Android's great – it's a little different, but one thing that Apple has an edge over Android is is keeping people up to date with the operating system. It gets a little hairy in the Android world with having the ability to always update to the latest operating system, and people find themselves rather locked into an older version of the operating system. And in general, that just means new things that come out in the new app stores and the new features, having the ability to play along is great. The disadvantage would be is, you know, if you have an older device, yeah, they'll let you download it, but should you expect it to enhance and optimize your phone? Probably not, because these operating systems are absolutely hungry for processing power, graphics performance, and they're designed for the new stuff. So Apple will let you do it, but I would just warn you, you know, it could slow things down. That's a possibility. Uh, it could speed things up. It really depends on the circumstances and the device. 
But when I did it, the big thing I noticed was messages. Um, you know, and I don't know about you guys listening, but messages have really become a big part of communication. I, as a salesperson, that's a, there's there's messaging going on. It's very common where customers are in, interacting with me via message. And that's, I'd say, a relatively, you know, newer practice, but so many people do it. So many people message. And now we have the means of having apps that we download for our message app. We have apps for apps now. <laughs> Sounds silly, but it's pretty neat to be able to change the content of how I can text people, the information I could send them, to tap a couple things and pull up the weather and see that we have three days of awesome weather and send it to my buddies and say, hey, let's go golfing. And it's just, it's changing the way that we interact with each other via message. So the app integration into messages is very cool. The ability to draw in your messages. You could take videos or pictures and send them in these like, um, oh, I forgot their term for it. But like when you receive the text, you, you can't see it. It's all foggy. It's like a like a like a magic dust is all over your your image, and when you touch it and move your finger around, it opens it up and you can see through it temporarily, and it reveals the image. There's all these new things in messages. That's the the big one that stood out so far. Functionally, there's a lot of eye candy. You know, there's a lot of just graphic things. The way that it's so smooth. The way that when you close an app and it flies away off the screen, it it does make just the overall user experience just nice. So functionally, messages is the big winner, and then there's a lot of just graphic updates, and then there's a lot of things I haven't dug into. The home app sounds so awesome, but I don't have like a smart home. If you guys have all sorts of different um, HomeKit-enabled products, like uh, you have that quick, quick set lock on your back door, that's HomeKit-enabled, which means it's talking to your Apple TV. So when you're on the road, you could pick up your phone and say, unlock my back door. And Siri can send the information to your Apple TV and talk to your HomeKit-enabled quick set back door lock and unlock your door. All that HomeKit stuff, if you're someone that has all that integration, Apple's brought an app that integrates it on the phone. So I think iOS 10 has a huge potential. I've just scratched the surface, and I just think that it's working very smooth, and it's great to see you know, the ability for all of us to upgrade to it. That's a good summary because I downloaded it last night, and I just noticed the message thing this morning. It's going to take a little uh, education to understand the uh, way they changed it. It looks pretty interesting. I think they did a good job with it. I don't think anyone should feel like everything's changed. Oh, no, it's harder to interact with. Everything's different. And they've done that before in the past. But in this case, I think, if anything, it's just going to be backwards. Like, oh, it's easier to read my home screen. Or, oh, this is easier to do. And it just makes the experience better. So unlike previous scenarios, I don't think there should be much of a concern for it. You know, like anything, run your backups. Make sure you either plug it into your computer and run your iTunes backup, or you have iCloud and you could run your backup that way, just in case. I I just kind of went for it, but I knew I had a backup just in case. That's the only safeguard. If you find yourself in a jam, you can restore from your backup and do it again. But it's a simple process. It took a little bit of time. Make sure you have high-speed Internet. I really appreciate your uh, being with us and giving this upgrade. I've got a whole bunch of more questions I want to ask you, but I guess I'll have to find out for myself because we've run out of time. Thanks again. This was really very informative. Well, thanks for having us on the show. We really appreciate being a guest, and uh, just thanks.
Good. I want to thank Terry Ruggiero, IMI's president, Dave Brandon, Dan Dior, and Jose Batista for our week in review. Taylor Redden's our producer, Tess Encho is our associate producer, and Matt Compagni is our executive producer. But don't forget Robert Bomback in the KFNX AM 1100 production department, because without him, you wouldn't have heard a word we said. Thanks again for listening, and please don't forget to tune in to Tech Talk next week at 6 p.m. in New York on KFNX AM 1100. Remember to send us your suggestions for future shows or ask us questions by sending an email to techtalk at imi-us.com. Now, next week is September 25th, so we're three months out from December 25th. Have a great week, and thanks again for listening.